Welcome to the Blissing Out podcast. My name is Katie Benford, and I'm the founder of the spiritual development brand, Blissing Out. I'm a women's embodiment coach, as well as a master manifestation coach, and it is my soul's mission to help as many women as I can become the most blissed out version of themselves. My intent with this podcast is to help you step into your internal abundance, manifest your craziest desires, and inspire you to take the very first steps into your dream life. Consider this podcast to be your weekly dose of spirituality, motivation, manifestation tips and tricks, mindset hacks, and so much more. I am so excited to be going on this journey with you to help you realize the infinite power that is already within you. Thank you so much for pressing play today, and let's create some bliss together. Hello, my beautiful Blissing Out babes. Welcome back to the Blissing Out podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to record this podcast intro today because I had the pleasure of sitting down with Dr. Nicolia Williams. And let me tell you that this episode is packed with so much information on, you know, how to really step into alignment with your goals so you can start achieving some crazy stuff into your life and and really like start you know, experiencing the success that you're after. So just to give you a background, Dr. Nicolia is a 10 times best-selling author, certified human design expert, EFT and NLP practitioner, hypnotherapist, life and success coach who helps others live their life more intentionally. As a coach, Dr. Nicolia also supports other others who desire to become the best-selling authors to turn their message into their masterpiece. You can connect with her at www.nicoliawilliams.com, which I'm also going to be putting in the show notes. Um, Just to give you a little bit of what we talk about on this episode is we talk about all things human design, um, which is basically, you know, just the study of your energetic makeup and how you can, you can leverage that into your life to gain more success and alignment. We talk about intentional goal setting. We talked about um, religion and manifestation. (laughs) We talked about um, you know, just, just how to overcome roadblocks in your life. We talked about a lot of stuff in this episode, guys. So, um, it's packed full of information and, and, and great tips and tricks on, you know, how to shift your mindset and, and really step into alignment. So just one more thing too, before um, we get going on the episode is that I do want to mention to you that Dr. Nicolia is actually going to be having a live training on January 19th. Um, the live training is basically teaching you to align with your human design, with your goals, um, and to increase your overall success. So that is going to be in the show notes as well. I'm going to put a link where you can sign up for that free live training. Um, and on top of that, um, I'm going to put all of her website and Instagram and her book links as well. So, um, if you have any questions or or, are interested in working with Dr. Nicolia, head over to the links in the show notes and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right, Nicolia, thank you so much for being at the Blissing Out podcast. I'm so excited to have you. This is going to be such a good conversation. And, um, yeah, I'm just so excited to have you here. So thank you. I'm very grateful. Um, oh, you have no idea how pumped and excited I am. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be such a good conversation. Um, so can you just do me a favor and just kind of introduce yourself, give a little background, um, as to, you know, your human design and your goal setting and your coaching and how you got into all of it? Yeah, sure. So I'm Dr. Nicolia, and I am a 10 times bestselling author. And I like to say I'm certified in all the things. I am certified in human design, emotional freedom tapping, neurolinguistic programming, um, hypnotherapy, life and success coaching. And I think I got them all. Uh, oh, and time techniques. So for me, um, it, unfortunately, back in 2000, end of 2016, December 2016, I went through a divorce. And at that time, it felt like everything kind of hit its head as far as in my life, what was happening. And I came to a place of really trying to find me. Who was I without my marriage? Who was I without these other titles? And I went on this journey of personal development where I tried to uncover, like, who was who was I really at the core? Mm-hmm. And the further I dug into it, anyone who knows anything about personal development is it's like, <laughs> you can't just do one thing and check it off a list and run away from it. It's this, like, never-ending and continuous learning platform. Mm-hmm. And for me, that works. I am a lifelong learner. And um, so during this time, I started to really really try to define me without all the societal programming, without all the experiences, without all of those things and stumbled across human design, which changed my entire life because Mm -hmm. 
human design really helps you to be able to align with who you truly are confidently and unapologetically, mm-hmm. not ba- based on what society tells you have to be, not based on what experiences you have. And so um, I like to say a lot of times when we have like personality tests or things like that, we know the surface level things about ourselves. We know that we're an introvert, extrovert. Mm-hmm. We might know our favorite color, our little quirks, but human design really goes deep below the surface to help you uncover it. And so the more I dug into human design, the more I was like, wow, it's like (laughs) almost a crime that people don't know this stuff. So I became a certified uh, analyst and reader and started to support other people with it. And now as a coach, I love being able to use human design to help women bridge the gap from where they are to where they want to be. So I love all things subconscious mind, human design and goal setting, because I think that that's the way that you can really live your best life. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like I'm very very new to, to human design. I've just now started diving into it. Like I have my chart, but I have no idea what it means. Um, and I know that I had inquired about doing a session with you, which I'm absolutely planning on doing in the future because I want to know how I can implement the right tactics into my life to really, you know, just reap all the benefits of knowing my human design and really knowing how I work. So um, that's very interesting. And that and like, that's so great that you used the the experience that you had through your divorce and everything back in 2016 that you know you use that as kind of leverage to find yourself which i think is absolutely amazing and that's i mean it's very admirable because not a lot of people would choose that that road you know what i mean so yeah and, and i was i wouldn't say that it was always easy but i think that it um that's just a hard time like when mm-hmm. i think back to that time in my life it was a really hard time and i think that helped give me permission to embrace all parts of me, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, and in between. Yeah. And that's why I love it so much. I love being able to, to tell people about it, help them understand how to align their life with it. Mm-hmm. And so, as you mentioned, like all you have is your chart and you haven't even started. I'm like so excited to answer some of these questions yes. today because you're going to have the tools you need to really get that foundation and then kind of build from it, which is, yeah, so yeah. excited. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, just just to go back, because I know that you said that you um, are a best-selling author, which I think is so cool. You have 10 books, right? Correct. 10 books, uh, three planners, and two journals. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So I, I've been, you know, wanting to get into, you know, writing a book as well. And so it's just – it's so, like, kismet for me to be interviewing you because I feel like half the things that have been lining up in my life and then I got connected with you, like, the human design and the book and, like – everything. So I'm like, I want to hear your thoughts on, you know, like how you even began writing books and, you know, like, did you always have such a strong mindset, you know, surrounding your success with, you know, like, did you automatically just know that you were supposed to be an author or was it something that took time to kind of develop? (laughs) I wish I could tell you, yes, I've always had this great mindset, but the truth of the matter is I have always desired to write a book. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately I mentioned it to a teacher of mine back in high school and she politely but surely told me that writing a book wasn't something I should be leaning into. Um, kind of told that. me like my writing wasn't strong enough. Yeah, me too. So I really adopted that as my reality. Like, okay, well, maybe I'm not a strong writer and mm-hmm. put the desire on the back burner. And then it was, my divorce was like the catalyst for all this change in my life. So yeah. I joined the single mom support group mm-hmm. after my divorce. And in the group, at that time in my life, I was working a full-time job, a part-time job, raising two children and getting my doctorate full-time. So I was wearing all the hats and doing all the things and very, you know, busy. And I remember the women, we we had these small table groups and the women would always ask me questions like, how do you keep your household organized? How do you have all the time to do this? How are you doing? Like they would ask me these questions. So I came up with this idea that I would take like my most effective productivity hacks and put them together in an Mm ebook and would give them to these women at my local church for the small group. So I was so excited. And honestly, after I put my blood, sweat, and tears figuratively into this darn ebook, I was like, you know what? More people could probably be blessed by this information. Mm -hmm. So I decided against all odds to uh, go forward and publish a book. And I'll say the rest is history because it was just this little tiny decision that really blew up. Mm -hmm. Because from there, I was able to hit bestseller. People started asking me, like, how did you hit bestseller? And so I started coaching around book writing 
when I started coaching around book writing, um, I dug deeper and there were like so many other issues. Like people were wanting coaching around book writing, but then they were dealing with mindset blocks of mm. feeling worthy to be an author. So then I do mindset coaching mm-hmm. where then they would deal with healing around the story that they were getting ready to share. And so I was doing some supportive life coaching mm-hmm. around that. And um, so through that journey, that's when I decided that I had to really get out of my own way with my beliefs. Cause I was like, Hey, if I'm going to be supporting these people, how can I take care of my mindset beliefs so that I'm strong enough to be able to support them? Mm-hmm. And so I went through my own mindset coaching, which is something I, I honestly always said I would never invest in because I didn't see the value mm-hmm. in mindset. Um, but now I'm like, why did I ever wait this long to do it? Because 90% of success is mindset. You could have the system strategies and supports all day. Mm-hmm. But like if your mindset isn't in alignment with that, none of it matters. So that's kind of what got me on the journey to committing to writing. And then from there, it's all, you know, all's been history. I just keep kind of adding as more passions come and, and building that portfolio really. Yeah. And I mean, I, it's, it's so funny that you say that because I literally just made a post about success being 90% uh, mindset and 10% strategy because it's so true. Like you can have all of the strategies in the world. You can have, you know, the funnels and the the sales strategies and the, whatever it is. But if you don't believe that you can do it, the odds of it happening are very slim to none. And if it does happen, it's very hard to sustain that success if you don't hold the belief that you're worthy of it. Um, oh, yeah. Because you'll, you'll fall into failure. Failure, yeah. you'll be able to repeat it. Failure of success. A lot of people deal with fear of success. That's a big mindset mm-hmm. one. And the reason is because and everyone's like, fear of success doesn't make sense. Of course, I want to be successful. The fear of success comes from if I hit this success, will I be able to maintain it? So that's mm-hmm. why you see a lot of people that hit that level of success and then plateau because they're so fearful. Like, will I be able to replicate it? Will it be able to happen again for me? Right. And and, and from here, will I be able to get to the next level? And, and that's what yeah. I see a lot of too is just, you know, people getting to a level and then plateauing because they don't believe that they can get past that certain income level or they're not worthy of that income level or whatever it may be. Um so it's really interesting. And and when you talk about investing in your mindset, was that was your first big investment yes supply then? No, actually my first big investment was a coach. Oh, okay. And um I remember so it was just like a one-on-one coach that I had and she was a business coach. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. We did like she flew me to Miami and we did this like day-long intensive and mapped out my business. And I was one of those people that I hit like I had two sales. Um they were really small sales. I think they were I think it was a total of like seven hundred dollars. Yeah. But for me it was like, whoa, I can get paid for my passion. Like yeah. this is it was so mind blowing to me. Like mind-boggling and um, I plateaued like I never I I never was able to really replicate that I think it was that fear of success really surfacing and I remember her telling me that I needed to consider really uh investing into the mindset support Mm -hmm. and I was like you gotta be out of your mind I'm not like I just paid all this money to you you're supposed to give me strategies and support and I didn't get it so I blew that off Mm -hmm. and um, after her program was over, I invested in her next level program without the mindset support and then another coach. And so I kept having these kind of like coaches or I would invest in systems. Yeah. So different systems that I thought were going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stuff was great because it helped me lay the right foundation, yeah. but my mindset was still in the way. So yes, supply was actually one of my, I'd probably say more recent within the last like two years investment that, um, I made because I really hit that that breaking point where it was like, okay, I am in my own way. Yeah. How do I get out of my own way? Yeah. And that that's honestly, I feel like that was one of my main reasons for investing in Yes Supply too, because I was, I, number one, I wanted always to be a certified coach because I feel like within the industry, it's such a young industry. There's not many qualifications in terms or regulations, I mean, in terms of who can call themselves a coach. And so you know, I feel like the industry is going that way. So that was one of my reasons as well. And, and just that I, I had been in my own way for such a long time that, you know, so we have that in common is what I'm saying. Um, so, um, it takes a lot to admit that though, to be able to admit when you're in your own way is the first step to be able to make that shift and change. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, that's the first step. And what I, what I teach my clients is you have to have the awareness before anything, you know, can change. If you don't, if you're not aware of a problem, there's no, there's not going to be a solution. So, um, taking the first step is always the scariest, but always the most beneficial as well. So just to get into like some of the human design stuff, because I'm so curious about this and it's something that I really wanted to learn about and and hearing your expertise is going to be so profound. I just know it. So can you give a little bit, um, of information just on what human design is and and where it originated from and just maybe, you know, just a little bit of background on, on what it is. 
Yeah. So um, back in 1987, there was a gentleman named Raha Uru, and he had a download from this from the voice is what he called it mm-hmm. that helped him create this whole system of human design. Okay. And basically what human design is, is human design is the way that you energy energetically experience the world and the way other people experience you. Everything is energy. Mm-hmm. And so your human design chart is pretty much a breakdown of your energy. We talk about, um, it talks about every, um, center in your body. So it's, it's like the chakra system almost, but mm-hmm. there's nine centers. Um, and it talks about these different centers and the way in which you receive energy, the way you're conditioned, um, things like that. But basically I look at human design as a very in-depth layer to help you understand how you are genetically designed to operate and experience the world, okay. um, outside of conditioning and things like that. And you'll hear me talk a lot about conditioning cause that's a big piece mm-hmm. of human design. Um, and I think the reason that human design is so powerful is it's not like personality tests in the sense that personality tests are based on your experiences and they can kind of change after time as you grow and experience things differently. Mm-hmm. Human design never changes. It's it's never changing. Um, in fact, there is a red part of human design, which is your unconscious aspects. Mm-hmm. And that's all developed 88 days before you were born. And then we had the conscious side that was developed on the day of your birth. And so those things are ingrained in you the moment you hit the this, this planet. Mm-hmm. And then that's what you carry throughout the world. So that's kind of a, a simple way to, to explain it. So I hope that kind of made sense. No, it did. It did. And, and one of the main things that stood out to me in that is that it doesn't change because that was honestly a question that just popped up into my mind is that you said that conditioning obviously changes our experiences, but it doesn't actually change our, our human design makeup. So does it just, do you, would you say that it our conditioning kind of puts um, like a filter over our energy in a way, or or how would you describe like what the conditioning does to our human design, if that makes sense? You basically get really far out of alignment. Okay. So the best way I can say that, and I, I'm sure you'll ask me like more specific questions. So for example, majority of the world, and I don't know exact percentages, but if I can estimate, I'd probably say somewhere above 60 to 70% of the mm-hmm. world is what we would call a generator generator or a manifesting generator. Mm-hmm. And that is the active portion of the collective. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that take action on what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And then we have people like reflectors or projectors that need rest. They, um, they're very wise, mm-hmm. but a lot of times when they're conditioned, they feel guilty because their body doesn't have as much maybe energy as a generator or manifesting generator. Mm-hmm. So an example of conditioning is somebody who's so far out of alignment that they're going, going, going and doing, doing, doing and doing all these things because that's what society has programmed us Mm. to believe that we have to operate like. Mm -hmm. So then they have this sense of like bitterness or um, this feeling of bitterness because they're like, wow, like. I'm tired all the time and I'm not accomplishing what other people are accomplishing. So that constant sense of comparison, whereas human design helps you to say, you know, this is my zone of genius. This is my purpose. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm made to do. This is what I can give to the collective and really staying in line with that in line with that instead of trying to focus on what everything, what everybody else is doing basically. Yeah. And that's, and that was, you know, I feel like it's just really tapping into what works best for you is what I'm gaining from everything that you're saying is kind of staying within your zone of genius, like you said, and, and really like benefiting from that and being in alignment with that and, and everything that can come into your life from there. Um, so for, because you man, you mentioned uh, manifesting generators, I'm a manifesting generator um, based on my chart. And again, like I, I kind of done some research. I know that we like to, you know, set a lot of intentions and, and inform a lot, um, based on what we're doing and stuff. But the, the one that really intrigues me is the reflectors. Um, because if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it only like 1% of the population is, um, reflectors. So I want, I want to hear, you know, cause if there are reflectors out there who are listening, you know, I feel like everything that I've read about manifesting generators and generators are like, they, they get shit done, you know, but for the reflectors, I wanted I want to hear your your thoughts on everything that they can still accomplish, even though they do need the rest and stuff. 
Yeah. So reflectors are really unique and it breaks my heart that there's not more information mm-hmm. or more people addressing them when it relates to human design. Yeah. But the best thing I can say about reflectors is they have the availability to hold so much wisdom. Mm-hmm. So when you look at a body graph chart, there are colored centers and there are uncolored centers. And basically what I mean is if the inside of any shape, if it's the triangle, if it's the upside down triangle, if it's the square, if it's the little small baby triangle, no matter what mm-hmm. it is, if it is colored on the inside and it does doesn't matter the color. That means it's defined. That is the place that you hold consistent energy. For reflectors, you can tell a reflecting a reflector's chart right away because mm-hmm. it is all white. There's not a single ounce of color. Okay. Um, the channels, I'm sorry, the channels won't be colored. They might partially be colored, mm-hmm. but um, there's no color in the centers. Okay. And so what that means is that means that they are either undefined or open in all of their centers. When you're undefined and open, you have the opportunity to hold space from other people, mm-hmm. but you also have the opportunity to gain wisdom. So a lot of times there's this misconception that if you have colored in your chart, that means you've done something great, right? Mm Because you have this consistent form of energy. But I like to say where you have color is kind of where you're bullheaded or stubborn. Mm -hmm. You're already like, so let's say, for example, um, your throat center is the third shape down. It's Mm -hmm. um, a square. And if it's colored, that means you're defined. And So for the throat center, that's the center for communication and manifestation. Mm -hmm. So if you're colored or defined there, a lot of times you're going to have a certain like rigid way of communicating. That's what you stick to. You're very rigid in that regard. Mm -hmm. If on the other hand, you're undefined or open, meaning that it's white, Mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to be wise and to hold space and to learn and to be able to decondition. So the thing with reflectors that is so important and project because projectors typically have a lot less sense defined mm-hmm. is to create boundaries because you want to make sure that you are around the right people because that's what you're going to be reflecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for reflectors and projectors, you have that opportunity to be really wise, but you got to make sure that you're protecting yourself energetically mm-hmm. to hold those boundaries. Also for reflectors, um, the key thing to know is they have to take a long time to make decisions, not quick decisions like do you want a chicken sandwich or a burger, not that kind of thing, yeah. but more of they it was called a lunar cycle. So a 28 day cycle mm-hmm. to think through those big decisions. Yeah. And a lot of times that can be really frustrating for reflectors because it's like, well, I want to make a decision fast, especially when we think of generators who are making quick decisions um, or splenic projectors that can make those, those quick decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, it, They have to wait a longer time, but because they're waiting a longer time, they're more informed as they're going into making those decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's so, I I am like so excited to, um, I actually asked recently to find my grandma's birth certificate. She's, she passed away, but I am 100% convinced she's a reflector because I used to joke and be like, she was like the modern day mother Teresa. She just (laughs) held so much wisdom. And um, that's what I just love so much about reflectors. And I don't think they get enough credit for that. Yeah. I'd be so curious to see who in my life is a reflector based on everything that you just said because it's it's so interesting to me that they only make up one percent you know but they're able to hold all that space and that wisdom it's so necessary in our society today for those types of individuals to exist number one and to be able to you know just hold space for people because I feel like in today's society it's just insane and we need those types of people you know to do that for other people so um, the second question or another question I have, um, oh, like how does human design apply to, you know, success and, and how can you kind of use it to leverage more success into your life? Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um, so with human design, there are four arrows that are around the head center, the top two centers, there's a triangle at the top and then there's an upside down triangle right underneath it. Mm-hmm. And then there's four arrows and those arrows talk about different things. Like, are you um, actively engaging in your life? Are you an observer or do you want to be observed? Um, but the bottom arrow on the right is all about manifestation. Mm-hmm. And if you, Faces to the left, your specific manifestor. So as it relates to success and goals, really being specific about exactly what it is you want, Mm -hmm. it aligns with your design and it helps you really um, to bring it to fruition. It's almost like placing an order in an Amazon 
like cart mm-hmm. and you're getting all the specifics. Like I want a size small. I want it in a red. Okay. I want it delivered on this day. You're doing all those really specific things. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, if it's facing to the right, you're more of a non-specific manifester, meaning that when you set those goals, you set those intentions for success. You don't want to be so specific. What you want to do is you more so want to get in touch with the emotion that you want to bring to fruition. Okay. Like I want to feel successful. I want to, so instead of saying a specific manifestor may say, I want a 10 K month launch, mm-hmm. whereas a non-specific manifestor would say something like, I want to feel successful and getting in touch with that emotion and then letting the universe surprise you with how that can come about. Um, so you open yourself up to, to those opportunities. So that's one example of the way in which you can align human design with your success. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times there is, again, that one size fits all model. Like this is the way you're successful, create a vision board, put exactly what you want on your vision board, mm-hmm. stare at it every day, meditate for 10 minutes. And then I don't know, whatever those yeah. are, we get these messages, but really it's not a one size fits all. We have all of these things that play a role in the way in which we manifest. Also, for example, um, projectors, they often need to, when they have that defined throat center, they need to be able to communicate mm-hmm. to like be able to project out their ideas, hear it, and then be able to reflect on it. So there's so many components to the chart that if you're trying to do a one-size-fits-all model, you could actually be pushing yourself further away from the very thing that you'd like to manifest. Yeah, and that's so interesting because I've never even known that, you know, you can be – because obviously when I, I started manifestation, my manifestation journey back in – I mean, initially I started it when I was 15. I read The Secret, and, you know, being 15, you can't really – Wow, yeah. 15, that's amazing. My mom <laughs> gave it to me, and she's like, here, read this. I think it would be really helpful for you. Like, it really just talks about your thoughts thoughts and how to be positive and attract good things into your life. And I read it and it's not that I wrote it off, but I don't think I really understood. And and I did like, there were periods of time where I was, you know, okay, instead of saying, I don't want to be sick, I'm going to say, I want to be healthy. And, and, you know, like just shifting your words and stuff. Um, and I did do that, but I really dove deep into it when I was about 21, 22. Um, and I manifested a move to LA and, and just from there, I, I kind of went through, um, just different events in my life. And most recently I went through a breakup, ironically, like it sounds like you and I kind of had the same type of experience that launched us into the self-development world because I went through a breakup and then got into the coaching industry. And, um, so I would say that for about the last three to four years, I really, you know, dove deep into manifestation, um, and just like learning as much as I possibly can. Thank you. I love it. It's just my complete soul's mission to like teach people this, you know? So, um, the question I have about, you know, many gens, because I am and like even, you know, like are, or generators are are those type of, I mean, I, I kind of know the answer, but just for people who don't know the answer, um, are those the only people that can manifest? Because I know that there's probably going to be some confusion around that, you know, about projectors and reflectors maybe not being able to manifest. And I just want you to clear up any of that confusion. Actually, the misconception is the only people that can manifest are manifestors. Um, And that is a huge misconception. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyone in any type can manifest. But the way, the key to being able to manifest is to being able to truly understand your design Mm -hmm. and really be able to align with it. So, for example, manifestors, I'm a manifestor, Mm -hmm. and we are the um, initiators of the collective. We come up with those powerful ideas. Mm -hmm. And then the generators are the ones that are taking action with them. So the generators are supposed to find something they love and dig deep in it and then take that action. Yeah. Managing are kind of a, a great blend mm-hmm. where you have the power of the, that being able to initiate, but you also have that power of being able to respond and being able to mm-hmm. take that action. Um, and the cool thing about generators and manifesting generators is you're a quick action taker, mm-hmm. but also kind of knowing that a lot of times with manifesting generators being a quick action taker, you can take a lot of shortcuts to try to get to the outcome you want and therefore make a lot of mistakes. So understanding that about your design and giving yourself permission to really check in with yourself and um, creating a life that aligns with certain parts of your chart. Like for example, um, you, you really, really need to, um, I just lost my train of thought that quick. Um, For manifesting generators, um, one of the things, depending on your authority, you need to, like, if you're an emotional authority or a sacral authority, Mm -hmm. you want to make decisions based on that, Mm -hmm. and that can impact your overall success. So um, anyone can manifest, but the best way to manifest is to be in alignment with your design is the simplest way to put it. Okay. That's very interesting because, you know, again, like, I've had times in my life where I have been 
I'd be curious to see what way my arrow points in terms of the manifesting specifically or just, you know, um, broadly, because I've had times where I've been really specific and nothing's come to fruition because I, I either like overthought it or, you know, something happened. Um, but it's very interesting because I feel like, you know, I, I am a very impulsive person. And so it's funny that you said that about Manny Jens because I, my dad even will be like, I can't keep up with her. She's just constantly like changing her mind and, you know, like doing things so that is, that erratically. That is the telltale sign of a manifesting generator. <laughs> he just said I'm that a to me. Similar to like we're fast action takers and we're initiators. We want new things. Yeah. And my brother recently was joking with me. He was like, I feel like he was having tooth pain. He was like, I feel like I'm going to call you tomorrow and you're going to have a certification in dentistry. He's like, you're always doing something. <laughs> you're all, I'm like, I don't want to be a dentist. You know, I'm joking with him. Yeah. But he's a projector. So for him, he's like rest and he just wants to enjoy that time. For me, I'm like, what's the next thing? Because for, for manifest, manifesting or manifest, manifestors, mm-hmm. I want to initiate things and then go to the next task. Yeah. You know, that's a perfect example that I've always felt guilty about that because it felt like I was all over the place. But then when I came to understand my human design, I'm like, Oh no, I'm allowed. I'm fully allowed to be able to be multi-passionate. And the same yeah. thing with manifesting generators. You are not supposed to be niched down into some box. You are allowed and given permission to be multi-passionate. And when you embrace that, then you find a great way to kind of merge all of those passions together, which is beautiful. It's so beautiful to witness. Okay. That's great to hear because yeah, I mean, my dad literally said yesterday, he's like, I just, you're always changing gears and I can never just, you know, understand what's going on up there because you're always on to new things and I'm like I just move quickly I don't know what to tell you you know um so one of the questions which you already know I want to talk about because um I am spiritual and I know you are Christian so what are your thoughts on religion and manifestation because within a lot of the religious communities, I know that, you know, there are some individuals who see manifestation as the devil's work. Um, and I just, I want to know what your thoughts are being that you're within the Christian community. I think that it's demonized. I think that manifestation Mm -hmm. is demonized in the Christian community Mm -hmm. because I think unfortunately some people have used manifestation maybe in the wrong way, Mm -hmm. but I think that it's lack of knowledge that makes people feel like it's something wrong or demonic. Mm -hmm. Um, The more I dug into manifestation, the more I realized that it actually is very much in alignment with what God wants for us. You know, like, Mm -hmm. for example, when I think of a Bible, the Bible verse, one of my favorite Bible verses says, Mm -hmm. um, I have come so that they can have life and life more abundantly. So we're not supposed to live life from a place of like lack or a place of struggle. Mm -hmm or anything like that. But I think a lot of times we have felt like that's what we're supposed to do or we feel guilty for wanting more. I think the guilt comes when you prioritize manifestation, like whatever you're manifesting, like let's say you're manifesting a house Mm -hmm. and you prioritize that over God. And you're like, I don't care about God. I just really, really want this house. Mm -hmm. That's where I think that it can kind of get icky. Mm -hmm. But I think that when you look at it, like God, that God has designed things for you and wants great things for you, Mm -hmm. that's totally okay. And even for me, when I started studying human design, I had a lot of pushback from, from people in my community Mm -hmm. about like, astrology aspect of it. Like, oh my gosh, like we're not supposed to be trying to do that. But for me, understanding my human design has allowed me to resonate and relate with God more. Yeah. So I've come from a place of being like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for designing this way. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for helping me to be able to understand that my kids are designed differently. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for giving me permission to be different. Um, and um, I think for me, the more you understand yourself, the more you can kind of understand your creator and mm-hmm. to be like, wow, like this is really cool because the Bible says we're made in his image. And so now I'm like, wow, this is really cool to have all these like little intricate details and parts about myself. And so I think that the lack of awareness really forces people to be in this, in this box where they demonize Mm -hmm. it. But for me, as I moved into kind of the woo woo space, as we would call it, um, it's changed my life. Even when I think of like hypnotherapy, that's another example of something that in the woo woo space that I've recently Mm -hmm. been certified in that's demonized, but hypnotherapy has changed my life. It's literally reprogramming my mind Mm -hmm. to align with my success. Why would God want me to live a life with limited thoughts or limited beliefs or negative beliefs or anything like that? Why wouldn't he want me to have a life that allows me that more abundance Mm -hmm. um, and more success? So um, for me, I actually, it's so funny you say that. When I remember when you asked me, you're like, are you you know, going to be okay with this question? Mm -hmm. For me, I literally get this question all the time because I, you know, I talk about my faith, but I also talk about these very woo-woo and out there things and people are like 
oh my gosh, how can you decipher? And so this yeah. is something I love talking about because I think that again, more people need to be aware and know about it. Well, yeah, absolutely. And that's, if for me, whenever I've, I've read things where, where manifestation is demonized, which everyone is entitled to their own opinion and everyone should do their own research. I'm not sitting here telling anyone to believe a certain thing. However, I always like to get other people's opinions that, you know, are of a different religion or a different just mindset than I am because I'm not religious at all. I'm very spiritual and I believe in a higher power, but I don't, there's not, um, not, um, like, a. am not Christian or Catholic or, you know, it just, I wasn't raised, I was raised Catholic, but I'm not in a way that was, you know, in, in a way that was very, (laughs) like, we were not very like strict about it. So I kind of paved my own way with figuring out what I wanted to believe in. And, and for me, like to manifest is to live, like we can't turn off manifestation, right? So it's constantly happening. And so when people would say, you know, it's the devil's work, I'm like, well, it's just life. Like, you you know, you're just, you manifest what you put out. It's going to come back to you. And that's just how it is. I mean, literally the good and the bad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I was, I'm so happy you said all of that because I do think that there is a lack of awareness around manifestation. I do think that even though it's been around forever since our universe started, you know, I do think that it's still a very, young concept for people to wrap their minds around, I feel like. Um, and, and because it is 100. Yeah. It's becoming more mainstream, um, you know, nowadays, but went on Netflix and all that. Yeah. And the secret, I mean, I think that came out in like the eighties or nineties, I want to say like the actual book and the, and everything. So, you know, it's still really a young industry in terms of manifestation. So it's not like it's been, you know, years and years and years of people practicing this and being so open about it. You know, people have been practicing it for a long time, but not necessarily being like in your face with manifestation. So thank you for being open to even discussing that. That's, that was always like a big thing for me, um, not being from a religious community. And and I love your your input on that. So I want to um, add one more thing. Yeah. For those that are in the church, one thing that my pastor always says mm-hmm. that really like tip off to being like, Oh, so we are manifesting. He always says you speak things into existence. And you mentioned like we manifest all day, every day. Mm-hmm. We manifest good things, we manifest bad things and really our life is a direct result and reflection of our thoughts. Right. Um and so when I remember him saying that one time and he said it for years, but one time it clicked and I was like, oh my gosh, that's manifestation. We you speak things into existence. Yeah. Our words and our thoughts are powerful. Mm-hmm. So that was like just one little caveat I wanted to add in too that really validated and kind of gave me that permission to say, okay, it's safe for me to step into this, into this space. Well, right. And that's, I, 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 again, I'm not a part of the religious community, but I've had people who, you know, I'm in Facebook groups and stuff and I've had, there's been women that post in these Facebook groups that are conflicted because they are a part of the church, but then they want to get, you know, deeper into their manifestation practice, but they feel conflicted because, you know, it could be deemed, you know, wrong or the devil's work or whatever it may be. And, I can see how that'd be very conflicting within that community because, you know, you're called to something, but it just doesn't feel right because of what society's telling you. And, and it's, yeah. yeah. So that's really, that's really great that you even, you know, your pastor saying that because I feel like it's so true. And I, and I know that there are, you know, verses and such in the Bible that have they state something like that, like you reap what you sow and, and things like that. So <laughs> it is very interesting. Um, so just to change gears a little bit, thank you again for being open to answering that. Um, oh, you're welcome. You. So in terms of goal setting, because I had a lot of questions come through about goal setting, you know, being able to follow through on goals, any like tips and tricks that you have. But um, for the first question, you know, a lot of my followers said that they had issues with just following through and um, like they would start off strong and then they'd fall off after a while and, um you know, I wanted to know if you had any tips for kind of staying on track. Yeah. So two things, first things first, um, typically when we fall off with goals, we don't have a strong enough force driving us towards it. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure you remember this, but in the NLP world, there's this concept of being away or toward motivated with Mm -hmm. goals. A lot of us, unfortunately are setting goals and we're setting those goals to run away from something instead of towards something that we desire. Mm -hmm. When you're trying to run away from something, your subconscious mind 
holds, it goes after whatever you hold. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you're like, I hate my job and I want to get out of my job and start my business, Mm -hmm. right? Your subconscious mind heard you say that you hate your job and all it heard was job. And so that's how people end up staying in their jobs or they find another job that's just like that, just at another place. But instead, if you're flipping it and you're like, I want to change people's lives. I cannot wait to be able to get my voice out into this world Mm -hmm. or share my passion and profit from it, whatever it may be. Now you're running towards something Mm -hmm. and your subconscious mind, again, whatever it holds, is going to draw itself towards. Mm -hmm. So hold those positive thoughts about what you want to move towards for your goal. It's also going to give you, when you have a toward motivated goal, it's going to give you that strong desire Mm -hmm. and that strong why that gives you that that renewing sense of motivation. So I remember when I was writing my first book, I was going through this period again of this divorce and it was very emotional for me. Like I dealt with a lot of difficult emotions, but also as a mom, I was trying to take care of my emotions and my kids' emotions Mm -hmm. and the impact on them. And so for me, when I was writing my book, I didn't feel like writing my book, but for me, what was a strong driving force was leaving a legacy for my daughters. Mm-hmm. And so every time I wanted to hit my snooze button and not wake up and write, I say, okay, is me sleeping in leaving a legacy or is me getting up and committing to this, even for a small amount of time today, mm-hmm. going to leave a legacy. So having that strong drive, have that strong why gave me that renewed sense of like purpose, gave me that, that momentum that I needed to keep showing up. Mm-hmm. Second um, piece to our advice for success with goal setting for me is keeping the goal in the forefront of your mind. Because a lot of times when we set goals, we feel like, all right, I set this amazing goal and it's just going to like, now that I kind of put it onto the universe, it's going to just come and we sit around and we wait. Right. And then unfortunately we want it to kind of land in our lap. That's not the way manifestation works. Like you set the intention, you set the goal, and then you also have to pair it with the action. Mm -hmm. So for me, the way the action looks is keeping it in the forefront of my mind. Um, There's actually even research around like writing your goals each day or things like that. If you're not a specific manifester, um, because if you are a specific manifester, writing it out each day is really beneficial because it's reminding you to take action with it. Mm -hmm. But if you're not a specific manifester, you're a non-specific one, sit and think about that emotion that that goal is going to bring you. So start doing like visualization activities that remind you the outcome of committing to that goal and do these daily because what you'll notice is as you commit to these daily, the more you start to align your actions with it. So for example, I had a client of mine who wanted to start a business, but she never had money to invest in a business Mm -hmm. because she was spending her money on like takeout and like little small things. Mm -hmm. And so for her, she wanted to commit to saving money. She went, I think it was like a thousand dollars she wanted to save. And so one of the things that she decided she was going to do was she was never going to take her wallet to work with her because then she wouldn't be tempted to order out. She mm-hmm. wouldn't be tempted to drive by Starbucks. And you guys would be surprised how much, like how Starbucks can like zap your bank oh, account. Yeah. So she's like, I really wanted, this was like her commitment practice to her overall goal. Mm-hmm. So, um, as she, as she would work through it every day, because we're creatures of habit, she'd grab her wallet, she'd grab and she'd leave. And then she'd go to Starbucks and she'd order out. And so for her, I told her, don't wake up and run out of bed and go through your routine, reprogram your mind around it. So wake up first thing in the morning, she was a non-specific manifester mm-hmm. and visualize the outcome that you want. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? What do you taste? What do you smell? Bring in all the things when you're able to invest in this business. Mm-hmm. Right. And then for, because she was doing this first thing in the morning before she ever stepped foot out of the bed, she didn't even feel tempted to grab her wallet because that vision drew her to it far greater than the temptation of being like, oh, this is convenient to grab Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yes, you're going to have moments where you have those setbacks, even using the perfect systems, but setting these things in place, increase your likelihood of of success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's something that we learn and yes, apply to is to live from the end goal perspective and, and, and live from, okay, how is this going to make me feel when I actually achieve this? And I need to live from that point every single day until it actually happens. And that's something that I've done because I, um, I, I'm doing dry January and I, what's dry January where you just don't drink alcohol for like the month. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I've never heard of that. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I I enjoy an adult beverage every now and then, you know, so like, yeah, right. So I, um, especially in 2020, gosh, it was like wine. So, (laughs) um, but I wanted to do dry January and I've never done it before, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to put myself at February 1st. Like I want to put myself and look back on the month and see how I feel mentally, physically, because I want to lose weight. And like, there's different things that I want to achieve from this that have really helped me stay true to it for the last 10 days. But, you know, um, I don't even have 
like because I've put myself at the end of the month, I've been able to feel what I'm going to feel. And so it really hasn't even been an urge of mine to drink. So, you know, a lot of people struggle with dry January. And, you know, I really thought I was going to, but because I did that process of where you see what the outcome is first, that is the game changer in my opinion. Yeah, because your subconscious mind is like a robot. And mm-hmm. so when you give it when you give it something to look forward to, it goes to task for you. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about it is even when we're shut down, like our conscious part of our brain is shut down, our subconscious mind is still always working in the background. Right. So when you do that visualization, you're giving yourself something to, to look forward to, your subconscious mind is going to go to task to figure out how to bring that to fruition. Mm-hmm. And that's, and then, okay, that brings me to my next question. That's actually like a perfect segue. So I did have a follower ask about working on multiple goals at once and what your thoughts are on that. Because I know, especially during this time of year, I, you know, a lot of people will be like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds and I'm going to stop drinking alcohol and I'm going to quit smoking. And I'm, you know, like so many different goals at once. And, you know, people can get overwhelmed and just not be able to even hold on to one of those goals. So what are your thoughts on just, you know, do you work on multiple goals at once or just one at a time? What are your thoughts? So for me, I typically work on two to three goals at a time, okay. but I'm going to be very honest. And this is from a place of love. Mm-hmm. Do not work on more than one to two goals. If you haven't already secured a successful goal setting system with one. Yeah. Um, and that's why a lot of people think I was that person. I would be like, all right, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to save money and I'm going to work out three times a week. And you get so overwhelmed and you throw in that proverbial towel because you're like, screw it. Like yeah. I messed up with one. Just forget everything. Yeah. So what I like to say is find your routine and your pattern and your, your, your foundation for one, feel successful with that one and then move into the other. Don't try to bog yourself down with 410 different goals <laughs> because then you'll feel defeated before you even begin. Um, so I would never recommend more than one to two. And, um, don't get me wrong, because you can kind of set intentions. One thing that I do every Sunday is I set intentions for each area kind of my life. Like, What is my intention for business? It's like, oh, maybe I would like to collaborate or I'd like mm-hmm. to not be on social media more than two hours, whatever. I set an intention for parenting. Okay. I'd like to be able to, you know, have non-distracted time with my children. Okay. For finances, I'd like to not order out more than once a week, whatever. So I set intentions for each week, but I usually have one like overarching goal that I'm really focused on that I'm giving my attention to. And then those intentions throughout the week just kind of keep me, keep me going. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would never try to set like 10 goals that, and that's why there's this, um, there's this day called, or January 19th is titled National Quitters Day because that's where majority of people have already fallen short and given up on their goals. And it's not because they don't want to do it. It's not because they're lazy. It's not because they didn't try, but it's either because they overwhelm themselves with trying to do too many things or they don't have a system. And so knowing that, I always tell my clients, like, what is, if you, if by the end of this year, you had one thing to accomplish, that would change your life tremendously. What is that one thing? What would that one thing be? And how can you commit to changing that this year? So is it a relationship you're really focused on this year? Is it your business success? Is that you're really focused on this year? Is it, you know, a personal goal, whatever, like focus, hone in and focus on that. And then understand as you build success with that, you can kind of add in the other things mm-hmm. that you see necessary. Right. And that's, I mean, my word for this year is priorities. So like that, you know, like I feel like that just is another thing too, is like, what is your priority? Because if your priority is to build your business, but you know, you're going out and on the weekends and which you can still go out and have fun every now and then. But like if you're doing it every single weekend, three to four times per week, when you could be spending that time working on your business, which it was my issue last year, um, you know, you're, it's obviously not a big priority, which was my, again, my problem that I had last year. So this year I was like, okay, priorities. Like every time I want to go do something, I'm going to think if this adds value to my life, great, I'll do it. If it doesn't, I'm not doing it. Um, yeah. And I say that with daughters. I say Stephen Covey has a book, mm-hmm. um, Seven Half Highly Effective People. Yes, and yes, yes, I read his it. concept is um, half twos before one twos. Yeah. So I stop yeah, in the middle of the day with my daughters, especially mm-hmm. like with them homeschooling. I'll say, is that a half two or is that a one two? Yeah. Remember, we always have those half twos before one twos. So same exact concept. I love it. Yeah, it's it's really been helpful. It's been a game changer in my life. Just asking that very simple question, like, is this going to add value to my to my dream life? You know, and, and that's been something that I have told my clients too is like, you gotta, you have to sacrifice some things, some behaviors if you wanna build your dream life. It's just a reality mm-hmm. of the situation. Like, you're gonna have to break some habits that are no longer serving you and, and that you're really in, accustomed to, you know? Like, for me, it was going out every Friday and Saturday night and drinking and, 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 you know, like doing things that 
we're not adding any value to my dream reality right now. You know? in the moment, right? Of course, but in the long yeah. Time, help. yeah, it's like, this isn't helping me in any way. And it's not helping my business. So, you know, I could be spending those days doing other things that were going to build my future. So, yeah. um, I always say, um, temporary, we make temporary sacrifices for long-term benefits. 100%. So when you're thinking of your goals, like think about that, like, okay, yes, I don't, I don't get to watch my favorite TV show. I don't get to kick it with my friends on the mm-hmm. weekend or whatever it may be, but it's for a longer term benefit and it won't always be that way. Right. It's just, you know, a couple years really like buckling down is worth the 20, 30, 40 years that you're going to have of, you know, whatever it is that you're seeking. So that's, that's another mindset shift that I've had to make, um, you know, late last year. And then early this year is just what is my priority, you know, and what's most important to me. Um, so there is a question here just for people who are kind of just starting out on their mindset journey and their, you know, self-development journey, because I feel like you and I have been in it for a while. So I like hearing what your advice is looking back. Like, what do you wish you knew when you were starting out in this? I wish I knew how powerful I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say that to you, like you are powerful. Mm -hmm. We all are extremely powerful, but we get in our own way. We get in our own way by playing small. We get in our own way by becoming consumed with our limiting beliefs. So for me, I wish that I knew I was that powerful. And I also wish that I had committed to mindset more seriously. Like I heard it, like I mentioned my coach telling me, oh, you should probably commit to mindset. And I'm like, I'm not paying anyone to teach me about my mindset. I know how to use it. Yeah. But we only know how to use a small little tiny baby segment Mm-hmm. portion of our mind. And so um, I wish I had committed to really understanding it earlier. And I wish that I really um, acknowledged that power because when you understand your power, you give yourself permission to really be able to step into it and you change not only your life, but everyone else's as well. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, I mean, I feel like, like just within manifestation, um, the law of perpetual transmutation of energy negative or positive energy always absorbs negative. So we need more people to work on their mindset just for the collective consciousness to raise and, and, you know, become more enlightened in that way, which is so important. Um, That's the funny part. Cause like, we all think that there's just a law of attraction and there's like 10, is it 10 or 12? 12. Yeah, there's 12. 12. Yeah. It's crazy. Which is amazing. And all of them factor into manifestation. Like it's not just law of attraction. Law of attraction is such a baseline understanding of what manifestation even is. But when you, you know, the law of action, the law of divine compensation, the law of my favorite. Yeah. Oh, mine too. Yeah. And like just the law of correspondence and cause and effect, everything that it all, they all play a major role within manifestation. Um, So that's something that, you know, I love talking about as well. It's just so interesting to me. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, on the opposite side of that question, you know, for people who have been on their mindset journey and been doing the work and, and, you know, they're not seeing any changes or they're not seeing any type of real progress in their lives. Like, what would you be saying to those people? Two things. What are your beliefs at the core? Mm -hmm. If you're doing a lot of mindset and you're not seeing change, you're probably struggling to believe that you're worthy of change or that change is available for Mm -hmm. you. The second thing is never, ever, ever give up. I have seen it firsthand. I have experienced it firsthand, but I believe the blessing can show up even in the final hour. A lot of times we're running this race and we throw in the towel and we're two feet from the finish line, but just because we can't see the finish line, we give up. So understand that you may not see how close you are to the outcome that you desire. And as soon as you start letting those negative thoughts come in of, oh, this isn't working. I'm doing all the things. I've tried all the things like you get in your way. For example, uh, I had a client of mine who set a goal at the beginning of 2020. And I remember throughout the year, this was a goal she set prior to working with me about halfway through the year, we started working together and she's like, it's just not coming to fruition. I'm like, it will come, but we have to keep your mindset stable. We have to keep your mindset consistent. Right. And she was able to bring it, bring it forward on December 20th, 2020. 20. Okay. Yeah. So here we are all these months later, but had she given up in Jan, you know, had she given up in June, yeah, sure. She felt like it was a little bit delayed, but she still manifested. She still brought it to fruition because she, because we worked on keeping her mindset consistent. Right. And that's, you know, what you said about the final hour, like, or the 11th hour, it always, I feel like for me specifically, it almost always happens. Like it, when I was starting out <laughs> my manifestation journey, I would like, need money for something. And I would be like, Oh my God, I just really need like $500 or whatever it was. And then it would happen a split second before I needed it. But the universe always comes through. And that's another thing that I tell my followers and tell my clients is that 
every time, every single time. Like you, but you also have to have that undeniable faith that that is going to happen. You know what I mean? Like you have to have the trust, you know, in God, the universe, whoever it is that you identify with, you have to have the trust and the connection as well. Um, Oh, sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. Go ahead. I was going to say, there's a quote by Martin Luther King that they just dropped in my spirit, but um, it says, faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. And that's what undeniable trust looks like. Because a lot of times we want to take this halfway step or we want to kind of do something because we're not truly, fully, deep, wholeheartedly trusting. Yeah. When you look that and you're like, like, you know what? No, I trust. I trust fully that this is going to work. No, take that first step and then understand that the next additional step will be illuminated as you continue to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. It always happens. I mean, that's just, you got to take the first step that you have to trust that this was put into your path for a reason and, you know, just jump because the universe or God or whoever is going to catch you every single time. So, (laughs) um, this one is, you know, um, an interesting one because you know, you do have your background in NLP and the subconscious work and everything. Um, and this one is, you know, I have deep rooted beliefs that I'm not good enough. And no matter what I do with the mindset work, nothing seems to work, um, which I, I have found in, in the personal development world. It's, it's very common that people don't understand why they're using all the affirmations and everything. Um, so this person is asking how they can get past it and what is the first step. So it sounds a lot like imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. a little bit, like you feel like a fraud or you feel like you're not worthy. So there's um, two things I would say. I would say do stair-step affirmations. So a lot of times when we're doing affirmations, we say affirmations with the with a big picture mind. So like, for example, if you're like, I want to have a 10 K month, which you've never even made a $27 sale, start with, I have one sale, mm-hmm. right? And then stair-step your way up to the outcome. Yeah. Because when you do, when you stair step your affirmations and you achieve or bring to fruition your affirmation you start to build that confidence around it you start to to build that confidence as it relates to it Mm -hmm. the second thing that I like to do is what I call extending expanders so here's the thing what is desired by you is destined for you Mm -hmm. what you want is not there in vain it's not there by accident it is not just a happenstance it's not God trying to play some sick joke on you that maybe you can have it and maybe not no it's if it's desired by you it's destined for you I would say our desires are like a preview into what our future can hold Mm -hmm. if we believe so what I like to do is I like to look at people that have maybe come from where I've come from or gone through something similar I've gone through and then extend my expanders by watching their journey. Mm -hmm. So think of a coach that you admire. I'm speaking to the person that asked this or anyone else who can relate to it. Mm -hmm. Think of a coach that you admire or a famous celebrity that you admire. My person is Oprah. Oprah Mm -hmm. went through straight trash. Her childhood was trash. You know, like she just went through a lot and she still believed in herself. Like even when she got her first talk um, job, they fired her and told her she didn't have TV personality. Her eyes were too far apart. Her hair was too kinky and that she wasn't pretty enough to be on TV. But guess what? In her core, she, for some reason, kept saying, I'm going to be a TV show host. And she's like one of the richest people in the world. So Oprah was my version of extending my expander. The reason that I say that is I think that Oprah came from a pretty tough place and built regardless of that. And so the way that I extend my expanders, I look at her and say, if that happened for her, that can happen for me. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of times that can feel super far-fetched. So to build into that, think of 10 reasons why you're worthy of it. And when you first do that, it's going to feel really, really impossible. It's going to be like, I don't have 10 reasons. I have three. Start with three and then Mm -hmm. stand, write the three reasons. Maybe it's that you have a special certification that makes you qualified to get to the outcome that you want. Maybe for you is that you have a desire and a deep-seated passion to get to the outcome that you want. Whatever it is, start with those things. And then start reciting those things to yourself. I I use this this um, activity, and it's kind of annoying, but it's a great way to reprogram your mind. So I think as I list these things of the reasons I'm worthy or the affirmation that I kind of want to hold tight to or the mantra that's going to secure me, every time I walk through a door frame, I recite it. Mm-hmm. So first off, you're going to be like, all right, Dr. Nicole, yeah, I walked through way too many door frames, and why do you have to be saying this? But second off, before you do it, you'll notice it becomes part of your language patterns. So I know for me, um, I reach out to um to like a really big name podcast recently and I had a ton of fear around it a ton of like unworthiness like I don't know if this is going to work for me I don't know if they'll accept me and um I wrote down 10 reasons why this would why why they would want to have me on there and um I every time I walk through a doorframe I remind myself at least of one of those reasons I picked like two of them that I want to hold tight to Mm -hmm. um and 
one of them was that I have this deep seated passion and I want to bring it to more people. Like that's huge. And this is an opportunity to get it in front of a new and expansive audience. So every time I'm walking through a door frame, this is in and out of my house, in and out of my kitchen, in and out of my room, in and out of my daughter's room, in and out of the bathroom, like all these door frames. I'm reciting this. And I just recently got an email from them that their season is totally booked for the next this season and next season, mm-hmm. but in the future that they'd love to have me. Yeah. And that's huge for me. Like that's huge. But it really started with me believing it. And I even had to do that before I sent the email. Cause as the, as I was hitting send, I started getting shaky. I started those limiting beliefs come because with every up level, you're going to have those limiting beliefs surface. Right. So I started having those limiting beliefs sur- surface. But what I tried to do is I tried to shift those limiting beliefs to create beliefs that aligned with the success I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I know that was a very long answer, but that's kind of my, my strategy to get myself in alignment because mindset is not a one and done mindset is a consistent commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it takes time. And that's, and that, yeah, like that is one of the major misconceptions about mindset work is once you dive in and you do it for a couple of years, you're done for the rest of your life. And it's like it, new level, new devil for sure. Yeah. I've been learning that the hard way because of course, like I, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And so I will, if I'm very hard on myself. So if I like do all this mindset work and then I have a day where I'm like, I backtrack, I'm like, no, I should be done with this, you know, but it's like, no, it's a constant work in progress. It just really is. Um, so just going into, you know, that another perfect segue, um, embodiment. And I know that, you know, when you are working on your goals and you're working towards beliefs and building belief in yourself, like embodying the version of yourself that you really want to become is key. Um, and I know, you know, I've watched your video on this, but I really want my listeners to hear your perspective on embodiment. Yeah. So I'm not even sure what all I say on, said in my video because I like get these like intuitive downloads and I'm like, oh, I want to share a video today. Yeah. So it could be totally different today. But my version of embodiment is to just align your life with it totally. So mm-hmm. very quick story. When I was writing my very first book, I would tell myself, I, Dr. Nicole, yeah, I'm a bestselling author. Cool fact. I wasn't a doctoral student. I think I just started applying mm-hmm. and I wasn't a bestselling author. But as I continued to recite this and continue to say this, I started to align my life with it. I started to say, how would a best-selling author respond to this? How would a best-selling author sit? How would a best-selling author write? Where would a best-selling author write? And I started to really really adopt these habits because I think a lot of times people call it faking it till you make it. And I don't think that that's what it is at all. Because if you wait, if you're waiting until you accomplish the outcome you want to embody it, you'll never be prepared for mm-hmm. it. So I look at it like when you embody it now, what you're doing is sending a message to your subconscious and to the universe mm-hmm. that you want to bring this to fruition. And again, your subconscious mind is going to go to task for you to make it happen. And so when you're embodying it now, you're preparing so that when it comes, you're already ready for it. Mm -hmm. And that's also setting the tone that you know that it's coming to you. So you're already shifting your mind to align with the outcome. So I use embodiment in a lot of different ways. I use embodiment through affirmations. I Mm -hmm. use embodiment through visualization. So even when I'm in my visualization or meditation practices, I say, okay, how can I embody this outcome? How can I act like it's already coming? And a lot of big decisions I made, for example, example, Yes Supply, I made the decision to invest in Yes Supply from that embodiment place. I was like, okay, do I have the money to invest in mindset? Yeah, kind of. Is this what I want to invest in? No, because I wanted to invest in yet another coach that was going to give me yet another strategy that still didn't secure me the way mindset did. And so I embodied it. What decision would I make today that my future self would be grateful that I would make when I'm thinking of this future self? Mm -hmm. Oh, my future self would say, you know what? I'm so glad you committed to mindset. So then, okay, what decision aligns with that? So I embodied it and I live it out before it actually happens. So embodiment is such a huge piece of goal setting. It's such a huge piece of mindset. And um, I definitely say, make it just a regular practice, start to align your life with your future outcome. Right. And that's, yeah, I mean, I I think that embodiment is the key to, you know, and, and aligned action, but I feel like embodiment for me, you know, I don't know if you know much about quantum physics and and the quantum field and everything. I'm assuming you do because, you know, you're within manifestation and human design. Um, you know, when you're observing a reality, whatever reality you're observing is what you're going to experience. So if you're experiencing, um, or I'm sorry, if you're observing your future self and you're, and you're stepping into that energy and embodying your future self and the future version of yourself and, you know, what you want to do, it's just going to collapse the quantum field that much faster for you to actually be able to experience that in your physical reality. Um, and I got into like the quantum field and quantum physics, like pretty recently, but it's been, 
mind-blowing to me. Every time I read something, I'm like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Like it really does. I'm just, I am always just sitting there jaw dropped every time I'm reading a new book on it because it's so profound. Um, the last question I really have for you um, is just how, um, because I because I haven't really gotten into human design on my own, um, but you know, how do you suggest people kind of get into it or like where can they go for like as a resource to get either get their chart or, you know, I know that you do readings and I'm going to put that in the show notes for everyone listening. I'm going to put all of her links in the um, show notes so you can contact her for human design coaching, anything like that. But um, how do you like, are there any free resources or anything like that that you can recommend? So you can go to Genetic Matrix. Um, I think Genetic Matrix software is a little bit more accurate, but there's a couple other ones like Jovian Archive. You can get it from there. Okay. Um, I did have a bad experience where I got someone, someone did a human design reading for me a while back mm-hmm. and they pulled the wrong chart. And so I was living very much out of alignment. And I remember feeling like this feels super weird, but mm-hmm. just trying to go with it. Yeah. And later um, I ended up getting another, an additional reading. And that was like, oh, they had the whole wrong chart. I mean, I was told I was a different type. So now I try to stick with genetic matrix. Um, So you can go to genetic matrix and get your chart. And then there's tons of resources. I have a couple blog posts on my website. Okay. There's YouTube videos galore. Pinterest has so much. Actually, that's where I got stuck in the human design. I call it a black hole because you like yeah. never get out of it. Was in Pinterest. Just like Google, like Googling different things that were popping up on Pinterest. That's where I started to uncover it. And then recently I started on Clubhouse. I'm on Clubhouse at Dr. Nicolia. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing human design talks around um, human design in general with uh, two other women that I was certified with. Okay. And so we've been doing human design talks because one of our big goals is to help people really live more in alignment Mm -hmm. with the overall human design. Cause I think that that's so important and, and that's really what's changed my life for sure. And then, um, like you mentioned, getting a reading, I think is helpful because while you read, um, a lot of like the free resources and take a lot of the videos, that is a very generalized Mm -hmm. view versus a reading, which is very personal because a reading is taking every single aspect and combining them together. Cause whereas, okay. So, you know, your specific type, that's great. And you know, that's one thing about your type, but then your type also has a profile and then you also have an authority and you also have a strategy and then just combining all those together in one full picture Mm -hmm. helps you kind of make sense of it. if, If that makes sense. Okay. That does make sense for sure. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's those are all the questions that I had for you. And I'm I'm just so grateful for you, Nicolia. Seriously, like it's been absolutely amazing. Um, and <laughs> yes, I'm just so happy we connected because it's been eye-opening for myself. And I know that anyone who listens to this episode is going to be, you know, blown away by just all the information that you provided. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, and, you know, for everyone listening again, I'm going to put Dr. Nicolia's all of her information in the show notes so you can have, you know, her links to her website and her Instagram and her clubhouse and everything else that she's on. So um, definitely connect with her. And I just wanted to say thank you one more time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to to be here. I'm so honored that you, you invited me here. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Blissing Out podcast. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear about it please leave a review below about something you learned. Hit subscribe. And as always, feel free to follow me on Instagram at blissingoutblog. I look forward to your next time tuning in. Spread light.